missed being with you last week as Hurricane Florence uh, caused us to have to cancel church, but we wanted to remain safe. So I hope you had some time with friends and family, just gather where you were, uh, offering up your own worship. And I, I'm sure that that was a, a great moment, but it's awesome to be back uh, here worshiping in Regal Cinemas and uh, grateful to be here and looking forward to this week, the Inside Look events where we'll have uh, a lot of time to get together and just have some true fellowship and uh, be in each other's presence and see the new church on the inside, talk about uh, how God's calling us to to make that possible. So if you haven't had a chance uh, listening to Cole to try to come up with three things about the Panthers, please do RSVP, and we'd love to see you at one of those uh, Inside Look events this week. I'm really excited that we are in the new series, and uh, as we're reading through the Bible, uh, this week turns out to be Holy Week, the last week of uh, Jesus' life on the earth. And so uh, we read about that this past week, and let me just show you a brief video recap of what we're talking about today. A couple of years ago, I started a, uh, an ongoing continuing education event in which uh, some other pastors from Western North Carolina and I come together, and three times a year, we fly around the United States to go visit churches that are doing great things to learn from them. We also have a chance to uh, kind of lean on each other as colleagues in ministry and learn from each other and, and just support one another. So it's, been a, it's an awesome opportunity. It's been a lot of fun, and I've learned a lot. Um, the first time that we were flying out a couple of years ago, uh, I kind of procrastinated my packing, and so I was up the night before late trying to get it all done in, and I went up into my attic, and I was uh, going to grab my suitcase, but then I realized that the last time that I'd flown somewhere, the suitcase was about to fall apart, so I just threw my luggage away, so now I didn't have any luggage, and it was too late to go out and buy some. Amazon can't even get it there overnight, and so, but I, Laura does have luggage, and I saw it sitting there, and you know, maybe my beautiful wife is going to let me borrow her luggage, which she was totally cool with. The only challenge was it's bright purple. And so uh, uh, not my first color choice probably, but anyway, need to get on the plane, need to get my stuff on there. So I put all my stuff in the purple suitcase and went to the airport and I was rolling up. And some of the people who are in the continuing education thing with me are, are some of my, my good friends. And of course, they would not pass on an opportunity to make fun of me. And so I just, I got the razzing from the whole rolling up the thing to, you know, coming back from the trip about the purple suitcase. And so, you know, that was, I took my lumps, no major deal, but uh, kind of also kind of sparked something in me. And, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with my masculinity. I can, I can deal with a purple suitcase. So every trip that I've been on since then, I've carried the purple suitcase and I'm not going to let them dissuade me from doing that. Uh, the challenge is now that I've used it so much that one of the wheels broke off, and so now I owe my wife some new luggage because I've broken her luggage. Uh, and so uh, sometimes when we need to go on a new journey, we have to let go of old baggage. And I think that applies not just from a literal trip to the airport or uh, going somewhere geographically. I think it applies in our, in our lives I think that God is calling us to different things in our lives. Maybe it's something in our career. Maybe it's something in our family or in a relationship. Uh, maybe it's something in, our, in ourselves spiritually that, that God's calling us to, to something else, something new. Kevin did a, an awesome job a couple of weeks ago when he preached about taking a next step with God. He climbed that big ladder in here. And, and if you were here, you saw that. And, and he challenged us to think, what is it? that God's calling me to next? What's the next step in my, my relationship with God? What's my next step in, in my relationship in my family or, or with friendships or, or in work? And, you know, what is the next step in the journey that God has us on right now? And so I'm wondering if some of us who are here today, 
have been wrestling with a journey that God's calling us to, to embark upon. And again, this is probably not necessarily a geographical journey. It's something else in our lives, a relationship, a calling, something in our career, something with our friends or family, something spiritual. What is it that God could be calling you to right now? And I wonder if some of us are intrigued by going on a new journey or a new path or a new leg of a journey, but we're afraid to let go of something in the past. We're afraid to let go of luggage that anchors us to, to being comfortable and understanding who we are and where we came from. We're, we're even willing to hang on to some baggage in our life that, that's not good for us. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's something that we know we should let go of, but because we've had that baggage for so long, we're not able or willing to let go to see what it is that God might be calling us to right now. And so if you're in that position, if, if God is stirring something up within you or, or if you're just tired of carrying around some old baggage in your life and you know that God has something better for you and that that's right now or it's imminently coming, then I just invite you to, to listen, to hear from Jesus today because I think he has a powerful message to us in Scripture. Jesus talks about this in, in kind of a roundabout way when he talks to his disciples and some others. We're going to be looking in the Gospel of Matthew today. Matthew's the first book in the New Testament. And the word gospel means the good news of Jesus. And, and this was the good news of Jesus uh, revealed to one of his disciples, a man named Matthew, back in first century in Israel. And, and this is what Jesus says. He says, Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins, for if they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. And so I think Jesus is speaking to us and to those original hearers on, on a couple of different levels. He says when God has something new for us, we can't just kind of cram it into our, our, our old style or our old traditions or our old way of doing things. That When God has something new for us, we, we usually have to let go of something old or something in the past. Uh, and, and so his first century hearers would understand this because the wineskins that they had to hold their wine were usually made out of goat skin. They were kind of a pouch and you'd, you'd pour the new wine into it and, and the goat skin would chemically uh, react with that and, and the wine would actually ferment while it was in the goat skin and you could pour it out into a glass and you, you could drink that. But once it was, it was done, you never poured new wine into the goat skin because the fermentation process kind of... It advance the age of that goat skin and they would become uh, dry and brittle. And so if you were to put new wine into the old wine skin, then they would literally tear open and the wine would just fall out and be spilled on the ground and, and it would be wasted. So to put new wine into new wine skins, not into old wine skins. When God has something new for us, usually he wants to take us past what we're used to. He wants to take us into new territory. And some of our old concepts, some of our old comforts, some of the old ways that we do things might not be uh, amenable to allowing God to take us to new places. Jesus was also talking specifically about himself because God was doing something new with, with Jesus by sending him into the world, specifically to offer you and me and all humans uh, an opportunity be, to be restored in a right relationship with God. 
And if you remember from the story that we've read throughout this year, we've been in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, in which God made an agreement with people, the people of Israel, that if they followed His commands, He would be their God and He would take care of them. And there were actually 613 commands. And so sometimes the people did well, but a lot of times they did poorly. And so God would send people uh, to, to speak to them. They were called prophets. They were spokespersons for God. And, they, and God would say to, to tell the people of Israel, you, you've gotten off track. And, and, and it was hard for the people of Israel to keep all these rules and things just weren't going well. And, and this was all part of God's plan to help win us back to God because the first humans, Adam and Eve, messed things up when they disobeyed God. And we've been messing things up ever since then. And, and so now Jesus has been sent into the world. He's the Son of God. He's left heaven. He's come into the earth. He's taken on the form of a person. He's, he's fully God and He's fully man at the same time, which is really hard to wrap our heads around. But He's come to do a new thing. He's come to lead us back to God. He's come to give us a right relationship with God. And, and so, so all of the guilt and shame that we carry around from doing wrong things, Jesus came to set that right. He came to take our guilt and shame away and replace it with joy and peace. And as Kevin said earlier from John's gospel, to, to teach us how to live life to the full now and to live forever out into eternity. And, and, and Jesus does that. And, and he did that by, by dying on a cross and coming back to life. And so when he died on the cross, he took our guilt and our shame and our sin, which means our wrongdoing. He takes our broken relationships with God and each other. He takes our death upon him. He takes hell upon him. That means separation. And Jesus defeats it all. And when he comes back to life, now we can be forgiven. We can have access to life to the full. We can live forever in the kingdom of God when we invite Jesus into our lives and ask him to be our Lord and to be our Savior. That's Jesus' mission. He's been sent to come and to do that. And, and, and so in, in the early part of the, of the Gospels, part of the part that we read, uh, that we would have read for last Sunday, uh, we learn about that again in, in Matthew's Gospel. Right, And so Jesus takes his disciples and he, he takes them up uh, off by themselves, his 12 best friends. And, and he asks them, he's like, what are people saying about me? Right? What's the buzz about me? Right? This is way before social media, but he's kind of like, you know, what are people tweeting about me? What are they Instagramming about me? He, he wants to know what the deal is. And, you know, we probably understand that. We like to know what other people are saying about us. You know, what's going around at the office about us or in our school or in our neighborhood or our church or in our families. And, and sometimes maybe we don't want to know what people are saying about us, but Jesus wanted to know. And so he asked the disciples, and, and who, who do people say that I am? And and they said to him, they said, you know what, Jesus, some say that you're John the Baptist, right? Jesus' cousin who was out in the wilderness preaching about repentance and being baptized and, and all that kind of stuff. Some say that you're Elijah, the prophet who never died, the one that God sent a fiery chariot down from heaven and, and took Elijah back up into, into heaven and he never died. Some say that you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets, you know, the people that I talked about that would go to the people of Israel and say, you've strayed from, from God's law, right? And so what, what the disciples are telling Jesus is, is that people don't really understand who he is. They're stuck in the Old Testament. They're stuck in the Old Covenant. They, they see him as part of, of the old relationship between the law and God. And so then Jesus says to the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter, the captain of the disciples, says, you are the Messiah. You're the Savior. You're the Son of God. You're the one who's come to make things right. And, and so Jesus says, Peter, you are so right. And God has given you a special revelation to see that because no one else seems to get it. 
Peter sees it that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is the one to come and win us back for God. And so he, he has been given this great gift from God to get a glimpse of the new covenant, the new testament, the new wine for the new wineskins. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And, and so right when God wants to take us on a new journey, uh, sometimes we have to let go of the old baggage. And, and so that's happening in Jesus' life. And so we kind of fast forward the story now to where Jesus uh, is in Jerusalem, the capital of, of Israel, for the very last time. He's had a meal, a last meal with his disciples. They went and they rented some room out. It was somewhere upstairs, somewhere it's called the upper room. And, and he's had the very first Holy Communion with his disciples. And he gave them bread and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And take the wine and drink. This is my blood, which is, is shed for you. And and so Jesus knows that, that now's the time where he's going to be arrested for something that he didn't do. His disciples are going to, uh, they're going uh, to run away. They're, gonna, you know, they're not going to stand up for him. One of them has betrayed him, sold him out for this to happen for some money. And uh, he knows he's going to be uh, tortured and put in prison. And then he's going to be nailed to a cross. He's going he's gonna to be crucified, one of the most painful ways to die. And, and, and he's doing this for people who don't even appreciate it. They don't understand it. They hate him. And, and so he's having a really hard time dealing with this. And, and now is the moment. You know, I, I just wonder sometimes about in Jesus' 33 years of life, how did he cope with knowing that this was going to happen to him? You know, did he just kind of like try to forget about it, saying, oh, you know, that's not going to happen for a long time. I don't have to worry about that now. You know, just kind of pretending that, that the crucifixion is not coming, just suspending belief, all that kind of stuff. Well, he can't hide from it anymore. It's, it's upon him. And so he is like majorly stressed. And we really see the human side of Jesus come out with his anxiety. And, and so he takes his, his best friends again and he, he takes them to this garden. It's right outside of the city of Jerusalem. And it's, it's in the evening and there are these beautiful trees there. And there's this big rock. It's this big flat rock. And there's a cave there. And it's just a place to go. And, and he just wants to pray. And he wants to talk to God the Father, which again is hard to understand. He's kind of talking to himself as God to God, but he's in a bad place and he wants his disciples to surround him with some support. And so that's where we pick up the story now in Matthew's gospel in chapter 26. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. It's, it's really weighing heavy upon him about what's getting ready to happen. Stay here and keep watch with me. You're my guys, right? You got to have my back, right? Going a little farther, he fell with his face on the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup, right, this crucifixion, this whole torture thing be taken from me, right? If there's any way, God, if it's anything, any way possible, let this be taken from me, right? The, the, the real human Jesus, yet not as I will, not what I want, God, but what you want. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right? Just and If there's anywhere in Scripture that I can identify with Jesus as a human being while also being God is this moment. It's like 
this is this stinks. This is horrible. This is this is a nightmare. It's coming true, and and, and the short term pain is, is 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 rough, right? So Jesus' lower story is not looking good, but but he pushes through and he says, not what I want, God, but what you want, because he sees God's bigger picture story, the bigger story that what he's going to go through this 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 short term incredibly painful sacrifices is, is going to be good for every human being from from then on. So that we can find our way back to God. And and Jesus says, it is worth it. This is a journey that I am willing to go on. Right. So this is a soul-searching moment in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is really up against it. An identity crisis. Like, who am I? And, And where is God calling me to? And am I willing to go where God calls me to go? And Jesus owns up. I am the Messiah. I am the Savior. I'm the Son of God. If this is what God has for me, then I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it because I love people and I want to give them an avenue back to God. Now, we might not be faced with crucifixion, but I'm guessing that, that if you're like me, we have our, our Garden of Gethsemane moments where we come and, and we wrestle with, who am I? And what is God calling me to do in my life? When, and, and what is the cost that I have to, and I'm going to have to pay for this, but, but is it worth what God's calling me to do? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to leave behind to go on this journey that God's calling me on? What, what do I need to surrender to God to be able to go on that journey? So uh, this past week, my, my boys were home three extra days because of Hurricane Florence, and we had some really good time together as family, and we were also really glad that school started again uh, in the middle of the week this week, and maybe you can relate to that, but uh, it, it was some good time. And, and a really neat thing happened while we were home. My, my son, Nathan, who's in the first grade, uh, had an opportunity to do an assignment uh, to interview his grandmother, talk about who she was and what it was like for her you know, to be in school when she was young and that sort of thing. And so he, he really got to learn a lot about his grandmother, and it's really neat to see that interaction happen. And he was able to give his presentation when he got back from the, the, the hurricane days. And it was a really special kind of, of thing. And while that process was going on, I just you know, I couldn't help but wonder, like, you know, what if his assignment had been to interview me as dad? You know, what kind of things would he ask me, and what would he report, and what would he have learned? And you know, I would hope they would say, yeah, my dad loves me, and he reads me stories at night and he tucks me in and he takes me to Carowinds and he holds my hand when I go to the doctor and I'm scared and, and things like that. And, you know, I wonder at what point he would, you know, begin to ask questions about my identity to learn that, you know, dad's more than just dad, that, that I'm a, you know, I'm a husband and I'm a son and I'm a brother and I'm a friend and I'm a pastor. And in some, some things I'm a success and some things I'm an ultimate failure. And, you know, who is dad and, and all these different identities that you and I have in our lives? There, there's so many parts of our story and there's so many parts of who we are. And, and some of those things I would be proud for him to discover and to go and report on. And, and some of the things he would learn about me, if I was to be honest with him, would, would be disappointing. And I wouldn't want him to have to hear it. And I wouldn't want his class to have to hear that because, you know, part of who we are is, is just, it, it's, it can be bad. It can be regretful. It can be feel, feared with, you know, filled with just some negative stuff and, and, and baggage that, that we carry around. And, you know, I just wonder about the days where I'm going to have an opportunity to be honest with him about some mistakes that I've made so that maybe he can learn from those and, and not make those mistakes himself. And I'm thinking about when he's ready to go off to college one day, what some of the advice I might give him would be. And, 
I remember when I went to college, and uh, it was in the first couple of weeks of being a freshman in college, and it's an exciting time, but it's also a very stressful time. And, you know, you're away from home, you're enjoying the freedom, and you're trying to make new friends, and you're trying to put on an impression and, and, and a you know, good face and a good front. And so there's a lot of peer pressure, and you have all this freedom, and people are doing all kinds of things around you and wanting to fit in, and you don't know as everybody like you, you know, you knew your place in high school, and you, you had your support system and all that sort of thing. And I remember some of the guys on my hall, you know, again, early in, in our college year and our freshman year had come up with some false IDs, like fake IDs, and they were going to a strip club and they invited me to go. And, you know, you know, part of me was interested in that and, and part of me said, you know, just it didn't feel right. It just it was just something not right about that. But there's a lot of peer pressure and I didn't want to be seen as a wimp, you know, and, and have people make fun of me and, and say, what's your problem and all that kind of stuff. And so I decided to go with them with a fake ID into the strip club and uh, I went. I mean, honestly, the, the adolescent, the teenager, the, 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 the human part of me, part of me enjoyed that experience. And then and part of me, you know, the, the part that loved Jesus, the part that where my dad's a pastor, I was raised in the church. I just knew that what I was doing was not right. And I was smart enough to know that women were being exploited and that women were being objectified. And, and, and my participation in that made me feel very guilty. And, it, you know, it wasn't long before, you know, I began to think again about how, you know, God has something more for me than this. God has something more for me than this. And I need to let go of my baggage of worrying about what people think about me, about being a people pleaser and, and about submitting to peer pressure. And I need to think more about, about the women who, who I was objectifying and, and, and that I was exploiting in, in that process. And God clearly had more for me than that. And, you know, we fast forward to me as being the pastor of this amazing church. And in one of our recent Christmas Eve offerings, we, we gave all the money away, you know, half of the Christmas Eve offerings to Justice Ministries, who's a, a ministry that we partner with here in Charlotte to fight against human trafficking. And in that process, I, dis, I discovered that a, a lot of women who are in strip clubs are there against their own will. They don't want to be there. They, they're slaves. They've been trafficked. And and, you know, and, and I'm, it's, it breaks my heart to think that I was a part of something, of supporting something like that when I, when I took the, the fake ID and I went into the strip club. And, you know, and, and, and to see how we as a congregation respond to trafficking through that, that Christmas Eve offering, we gave that to Justice Ministries and they were able to use the money that we gave them to liberate over 100 women in Charlotte, North Carolina, our city, who were trafficked against their will to do horrible things, right? And so do you see, that's the kind of a journey that God had for me and for you and how much greater that journey is than for me as a college freshman with a fake ID going to a strip club. When God calls us to something new. He wants us to let go of something old. And as we think about, well, you know, what's the point of the gospel lesson today? You know, so what? How does this affect my life? How does it affect me in, in my everyday life? Because I don't go to strip clubs, Pastor. You know, how, do, how does this affect me? So what is the, what's the point? What's the big deal? What's it all about? I, when God calls us to a new journey, to go on a new journey, we must first let go of our old baggage. To go on a new journey, we must let go of old baggage. And, and I believe that God is calling all of us on new journeys. 
as individuals, as families, as a congregation, God has great things in store for us. And, and to do that, we're going to have to surrender some things. We're going to have to let go of some of the baggage that we, we hang on into our lives. To go on a new journey, we must let go of old baggage. And so I wonder what journey God is calling you to. I wonder what baggage that you've been carrying around for forever that you just take comfort in, even though you know that it's not the right thing to do. Or maybe it's the demon that haunts you, right? What baggage is God let it calling you to let go today? And so I would invite you this week to think and pray about that. I would invite you this week to prayerfully choose to pursue one journey that God has put on your heart. One journey, one thing that God is calling you to do. And to do that, to, to identify one thing in your life that you need to let go. One piece of baggage that's holding you back to, to ask God for the strength to let go of that baggage so that you can go on this next step on this new journey in your life. One new journey to pursue, one piece of baggage to let go. I invite you to wrestle with that, right? That, let that be your Garden of Gethsemane moment. Right, where Jesus was out there and he was praying fervently. And, and maybe you have some friends in a small group can, can be more faithful to join with you than disciples were for Jesus. One journey to go on, one piece of baggage to leave behind. And, and what could that look like? Maybe the journey God's calling you on is, is to worry less, to be less worrisome. Right? That worry and anxiety are so much a part of your life that you can't enjoy the great things that God has given to you in your life. And, 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 to, and to be able to be less worrisome, then we're going to have to let go of our fear a little bit. We're going to have to let go of control, that we have to control every moment of our life and everything has to be safe. And we have to know where we're going before we jump into something that, that we're going to have to let go at some point and trust that God will be with us and that we can trust God will be with us in good times and in bad times. So maybe your journey is to be less worrisome in your life. Maybe a journey that God's calling you on to is to be more forgiving. To be more forgiving. And to be more forgiving in our lives means we have to let go of what? We have to let go of grudges. We have to let go of grudges that, that we, we've been hanging on to. And, and that's hard to do because grudges give us power. Right? Someone who's hurt us, we can hold that grudge over them. We can make them feel bad about that. We can remind them about the things that they've done to harm us. Grudges have power. And so we, we, we don't like what happened to us. We don't like reliving it, but it still gives us power to hurt someone else or hold a grudge against them. And if we're going to be forgiving, then we're going to have to let go of our grudges. Maybe God's calling us to be in, in healthy relationships in our lives, which means we're going to have to let go of some unhealthy relationships in our lives, of people who just are holding us back and they're not ready to let us go and to move forward. Maybe our journey is to, is to, is to, is to let go of an addiction, an addiction to alcohol, an addiction to drugs, an, an addiction to pornography, an addiction maybe to work, that, that, that we need some help to let go of something that has just become an obsessive part of our life and it's just ruining our lives. And, and we need to let go uh, of the fact that we've never been able to beat it before. We're not strong enough to do this. I'm not worthy enough, right? I, I deserve my addiction. We, we've got to be able to let go of that. 
All right, and so as we think about the journey God's calling us onto, as we think about the baggage we need to let go of, we also need to think about who can help us with this. And I think we have to ask God for help. Lord, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. I think we need to find people who can support us, like our families or our small groups in church that, that can walk with us on this journey and, and, and hold us accountable and be there to support us when we let go. You know, maybe we need to find a professional counselor. You know, maybe we've tried everything we possibly can to shake whatever it is, and we can't do it. And we need someone who's trained to do that, right? And, and I can help you with that. I can help you find people to, to be able to do that, right? Maybe it's, 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 it's just falling on our knees to Christ. Maybe it's just a 12-step support group. People who've carried the same baggage, fought the same demons, and they've come out on the other side, and they're, they're ready to help us. Like no one else on the planet can help us because they have been through that. What journey is God calling you to? What baggage are you hanging on to that you need to let go of, that you want to let go of, but you just don't know how to let go of it, but you need to let go of it? Can we release that to Christ? And maybe what God's calling you to is a spiritual journey, a spiritual next step, to, to take the next step in a relationship with God, to, to, to really learn how to read and understand the Bible, to pray, to serve God. Right? Maybe it's just to be in God's presence. You know, and maybe the spiritual journey is we're just so sick and tired of carrying around guilt and shame all the time. From something we did last week to something we did last year to something we did 15 or 20 years ago, we just, for whatever reason, like to beat ourselves up over it and we won't let it go. We don't think we're good enough. We don't, we don't think we can ever beat this. Maybe today's the day that we release that, right? The guilt and the shame and the hell, right? Broken relationships, the, the death, the, the, all the stuff, the sin, all the stuff that Jesus came to defeat for us on the cross and to give us new life and to give us life to the full and to give us the hope of, of life forever in, in, in heaven, right? Maybe today's the day that we accept that, right? One of the most beautiful things about the Christian way of following Christ is, is something we call baptism. And baptism is a sacrament. It's an outward symbol or a sign of something that happens inside of us. And the outward symbol is, is we use water and it, and, and it washes us clean. But what it symbolizes is that Jesus washes us clean on the inside. He washes our guilt away. He washes our sin away. He washes our, uh, our shame away. He washes our death away. He washes our, our hell away, right? right? It's a beautiful thing that we do in baptism. It's powerful. We believe that Jesus is present in it. He, he participated in it in the Bible. He received baptism. John the Baptist, his cousin, baptized. The disciples baptized. And, you know, when we're baptized, we're welcomed into God's kingdom. We're welcomed into the church. And, and, and it just reflects that when we accept Jesus as Savior, he comes in and he changes us and, and he washes us clean. And, and the water, it just the water coming over us, we can just feel the stuff in our lives being washed away and being made clean again. When we're immersed in baptism, we come back up at our old self literally dies and we're born again. We're, we're born brand new in Christ and we begin a new life. It, it's so powerful. And if you've never been baptized, then I want you to know that next Sunday we're going to have Baptism Sunday. 
And I would encourage you to go home this week and think and pray about your journey. Your next journey would be to come next Sunday and receive the the living water of Jesus and let it wash over you and say, Lord, I want you as my Lord and Savior. I I need this this ritual. I need this sacrament of being baptized. And and just bring all the junk next week and and let us wash the, the power and the water of Jesus Christ. Let just wash it away. And for those of us who've been baptized, which is a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I know sometimes we, we, we wish we could be baptized again. And some of us were babies when we were baptized, and we, we didn't have a chance to experience that as an adult. And, and you know, I, I can't re-baptize you because we, we believe in a one-time baptism, but, but we are going to remember your baptism if that's something you want to do, and we're going to get you wet too. Right? And so you can come back and, and this will be an opportunity to rededicate your life to God. If there's something specific that you're struggling with to, to receive the water of baptism and say, God, you know, I, I'm on your team and I'm, I'm part of you, but this is something still nagging at me, Lord, and I need some help and I need your power. Then, then come next week and we will experience that together. And if you can't make it next Sunday, don't worry about it. We're going to do other baptism Sundays. And if you want to talk to me individually about being baptized, you know, we can make that happen. And, but I, I'm just thinking, you know, as we think about what journey is God calling us onto, what, what baggage are we carrying around that's so heavy, right? What better way to do that than to receive the living water of holy baptism? And we'll do that next week. So I invite you to think and pray about that and invite people that you know who could use the living water of Jesus either to have, have a refresher or to be baptized right for the very first time. Someone who just needs to hear the gospel good news of Jesus, and I am going to bring it next week and just in, invite you. This could be a turning point in your life. To go on a new journey, we must let go of old baggage. Jesus went on a heck of a journey for us. Heck of a journey. He left the kingdom of heaven. He came to earth. He became a fragile human being. He, go, he went through all the junk that you and I go through. And he, he still went. He still went to the cross. He defeated sin and death and hell and all that stuff. He came back to life so that you and I can be restored in a right relationship with God. Jesus' lower story, his everyday story, he went through a great deal of sacrifice so that our upper story, right, our relationship with God can be restored. Jesus went on this incredible journey of sacrifice. Let's not dishonor that. Let's not discount that. Let's not discredit that by refusing to go on the new journey that God's calling us to because we can't let go of our baggage. We hate it. It disgusts us, but it makes us feel comfortable. It's all that we know. When Jesus is saying, let it go, and take my hand and come with me. When, when, when your spirit is willing but your flesh is weak, grab my hand and I will take you on that new journey. Release that baggage. I will take you on that new journey. To go on a new journey, we must first let go of old baggage. Brothers and sisters, what journey is God calling you to and what baggage do you need to let go of? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.